This is Andy Lewis, and you're listening to The Norse Mentality. What's up, guys? I hope that you are having a glorious day. Today, I'm sitting down with one of the head coaches for Norse Army, which is our online coaching platform, Jeremy Sibron. Did I get it? Sibron, yeah, yeah. Did it sound fancy? Yeah, that's a lot fancier. We just spent five minutes rehearsing that. But anyways... <laughs> Jeremy is going to drop knowledge bombs in this episode that will help you guys get into the best shape of your goddamn life. At least that's the goal with this episode. But first off, I want to dig into a little bit of a backstory. How did you get started in coaching in general? So I, I just been lifting for a while. I started lifting more for sports, so like wrestling. And then I just kind of broke out in high school with some buddies. You know, we just maxed out every day and did bicep curls and that continued into college. I did a little bit more bodybuilding stuff. And I was kind of on trying to decide what I wanted to do. So I started engineering and then I was like, no, okay. I, I kind of want to not work in an office and like, I'm really into this lifting thing. So why don't I go to school for biology is what I, what I decided to do. So I graduated in that and I kind of shopped around for a profession really. I didn't really get into strength and conditioning until a little later. I didn't even know that was like a thing that you could do as a job. So I did a little research for a while. Didn't enjoy that. Worked in a physical therapy clinic as an aide. And there was parts of it I enjoyed. I, I liked working with the athletes and stuff, but like some of the older population, I was just was very slow paced. I didn't really find a lot of the practices super ethical and the care that they gave. And it was a big commitment to go to grad school again. So I started doing, you know, seminars and continuing education and like strength and conditioning. I was like, oh, okay, okay, this is something I could actually do. And I took my CSCS, which is a strength and conditioning certification, went and got my internship at a college. I did my internship at Harvard for like six or seven months. And uh, I was working like 100 hours a week. So Holy shit. I was like, oh, okay, this is not, I loved it, but I was pretty messed up after the internship. I lost like 20 something pounds. From just working like, and shit all the time? Yeah, just like running myself into the ground and that was pretty normal there. I still kind of do that sometimes. I ultimately decided I want to go like more private sector type of stuff. And okay. I was learning Olympic weightlifting and I got hooked up at a really cool spot to uh, start my own thing with strength and conditioning. And that's pretty much where I'm at now. Awesome, yeah. cool. So you didn't take, you knew you want to do something health and fitness related. Yeah. Yeah. That was, and that's, and you took biology for that, right? Yeah. That's but I mean, in college I was kind of like back and forth. I was, yeah. you know, like, oh, maybe I'll do med school or like some, some ridiculous shit. stuff that yeah. I would actually never do. But um, once you discover strength and conditioning and that you can actually make a career out of that, you kind of got hooked on it. Yeah. I mean, I was very passionate about learning and training people and stuff like that, but not until maybe the last couple of years has it really turned into like something I'm really going like balls deep in. And like I've been probably doing continuing education on it for the last five to six years. But, you know, with any business, there's like doubts. We're like, oh, I don't know how much money I can actually make from this. Or, you know, did I mess up not going collegiate, which I'm glad I didn't go that path. So, yeah, that's kind of where I'm at now. Awesome. Cool. Cool. So you train like 40 people in person right? Because yeah. the, the facility that you're at right now, you guys do all the programming. But on top of that, you're also there pretty much every day, hands-on helping people. You have a shit ton of experience. It's not just sitting on <laughs> yeah, your computer yeah, yeah. doing the programming. I mean, you still do that. 
in advance, but then you're there making sure that everyone executes properly. And at this point, you've probably seen yeah all kinds of shit that people's doing wrong. Oh yeah, I've probably been on the floor for the last four years, almost every day. Which is honestly on more than I think most people can say nowadays, because yeah. most of your coaches are just online based because they can handle more clients yeah, that way. Same, but they're not having the same experience that you have. Yeah working one-on-one with people every single day yeah and i do both so yeah um, well i mean you you do norse army and everything yeah. for norse army is online but you're still on there even when people submit videos you're still giving them techniques and stuff like that which is cool that we can yeah. help people that live in different parts of the world and they can send you a video and you're like hey try this and that will fix yeah. their deadlift maybe or their squad and or that's whatever. a big piece that's missing i think from like a lot of the online programming or people who want to you know, it's kind of hard, I think, for a lot of people to find a coach or even know where to look. Like just grabbing a program online and doing it, okay, that's one piece, but you're missing a lot of the like context behind it. Like why we're doing something, you know, how hard am I supposed to go this week? What's the ov- the bigger picture here? Am I um, doing this properly? Yeah, am I, is the form right? Yeah. Like is there anything I could be doing better? I know when I got started, I was following routines off of bodybuilding.com. Which I yeah, think, like, yeah, you know, I don't know if that's even still a thing, but top secret stuff. Back like. in the day, that's how it was. Yeah. But, you know, and then the way they market it is this is the bodybuilding program that yeah. this jerk off did to get ready for the Olympia. And it's like, why should this beginner, for one, that's probably not the program he was actually doing. But also, if you're a beginner, you don't need to be doing the same thing that a pro bodybuilder is no. doing. Yeah. You know? But that's how they market it. And then you have people that do that and they get their ass whooped and they get hurt or whatever. And they're like, I don't think this fitness thing's for me anymore. Yeah. Compared to if they had a coach that was actually like, okay, this is where you're at physically. This is where we can get you. And this is the roadmap that you're going to use in order to get to that final destination. Yeah, most definitely. Yeah, I remember bodybuilding.com forums. It'd be like, like this is a secret, like a heavily guarded secret. If you go in the forums deep enough, oh, yeah, like there's you some might shit find there, like some you know, top secret information or something. But uh, I think it's just till recently, like... I don't know if that's through social media or it's got to be like Instagram or something. I just think there's a lot more information out there now. There's a lot more products that um, offer coaching and stuff like that, which is great because like the commercial gym thing, like trying to figure everything out for yourself is it can be pretty tough sometimes. Well, it can be very discouraging, especially if like you've never been to a gym before and you go in there and you're just trying to figure out what to do. Yeah. And you're, I have no no idea. You know, you, you hear the squat and deadlift no. shit. Yeah, I'm just going to max out every day. If you're a bro, that's absolutely what you max do. Out. Then for females, for one, like females are always worried that there's going to be a bunch of guys looking at them and shit. So they feel uncomfortable yeah. with that. And they're also, both men and females are uncomfortable thinking that everyone in the gym's looking at them and judging them, which yep. I promise you, the gym is the one place that everyone is so focused on themselves yeah. and so self-centered, you know, that they're not... They might see you doing your thing, but they don't put a millisecond of thought into it. Yeah. They're they're not over there like laughing and judging you or anything like that. For the most part, there might be some assholes that do it. There's a lot of insecurity that goes along with like uh, commercial gyms, I think. But like there's no community at a lot of those places. And that's the issue. And that's definitely why, you know, when I started the Norse Compound, that was the main thing is I wanted a community. I wanted something where, you know, you walk in, you have 20 other people there that are kind of working towards the same thing and yeah. those people are also going to push you they want to see you improve when you go to somewhere like gold gym or some shit in which i've been there no one cares about yeah. you at all you know compared to say like providence barbell club where you work at yep. and norse and other just more i guess micro gyms 
everyone there wants to see each other improve because it's a community. And as a result, the stronger that you are, the stronger that everyone becomes as a result. Plus you're around yeah. some heavy hitters. And when you're around people that are better than you, you get better as a, as a result of it. Yeah. And it's like, it's like a lifestyle. Like I, I know that's kind of corny to say, but this is like a thing that you want to do forever, like in some form, right? You want to take some of those strategies or like some of those philosophies or whatever you learn from, that community, whether it's lifting or just like physical culture in general and like have that network and that community of, of like-minded individuals. Well, I think that's where people mess up when they first start working out. A lot of people are like, okay, I want to lose weight. I want to lose 40 pounds. And then once I lose 40 pounds, I'm good to go. That is not the goal. That That is the mm. first goal. And then after you accomplish like the, the micro goal, yeah, that's the micro goal. That's what's going to get you started. But once you accomplish that weight loss goal, what's the next one? Do I want to get stronger now? Do I want to continue to lose weight? You know, like this is an ongoing process forever. You should never look at fitness as a, I'm going to do this for six months and then I'm done. It's, yeah. You want to develop a habit. And like you said, it, yeah, it's cliche to say it's a lifestyle, but it is a lifestyle. Yeah. Can you imagine not working out at this point? I mean, I know that's your profession, but is there ever going no. to be a point where you don't exercise? I, I don't see myself stop lifting. Like the way I do it has transitioned a lot. Over well, you time. can always change that, yeah. you know, like Ashley, which is your girlfriend. I've known Ashley for shit, seven years now. Ashley yep. started off with powerlifting, then she was weightlifting. Now she's doing Muay Thai, you know, yep. Runar, which is another person that's involved with Norse. He was a world powerlifter. Then he messed around with strongman for a minute. Now he's doing boxing. I've went from powerlifting to bodybuilding to now I'm focusing on like Muay Thai along with trying to get juicy because I have an ego yeah. problem you know but <laughs> and the same with yeah. you you know you started off with bro stuff and you were wrestling and then you yeah. started with Olympic lifting and what kind of lifting do you do now for the most part so I went kind of like bodybuilding powerlifting weightlifting now I just do I do a, like a little hybrid of everything whatever excites me like I try to grab it because once you've been lifting I don't know I've been lifting for about 15 years now once you start lifting that long, like it's, it's a routine, right? Like it's a yeah, habit. It, it gets normalized. So it's really easy when you first get into the gym and you're like, I used to just get so amped to go. And like, you know, I, I, I read comments all the time where people are like, I'm just so excited. I've, I've been waiting for this moment all day. Give it a couple of years, but yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you do it for 15 years and it's like, I don't know. Sometimes it's like taking out the trash. It's like, fuck, I really don't want to do this today. Yeah, but, but you still you go, go in and you do it. But you the way it. that you get, you keep that, I guess, um, excitement is by mixing it up. Yeah. You'll so try new things and stuff like that. If something excites me, I chase it. That's what yeah. I try to tell everyone as well is if you don't have that fire right now, which it's not going to be the same all the time, that's nope. impossible. You know, you could have less sleep, less food. You and your spouse could be bitching at each other. You know, your boss could have like came down on you that day. You could just be having a bad day and that will that will interfere with the gym. Doesn't mean yeah. you shouldn't go. It just means your training session's probably not gonna be the same. And that's okay. You also need yeah. to realize you're still getting a benefit. That, that's from all going, right. right. You're still getting a benefit. And a lot of times when you crawl into the gym and you get that 10, 15 minutes under your belt, it all like you get into that flow state and you're good to go, especially if you've been doing it for yeah. a few years. But if you're not excited about what you're doing, it might not be the right thing. Say yeah. if you are powerlifting and this just isn't, you just don't look forward to powerlifting anymore. I know a lot of people that switch over to strongman because it's just, it's more exciting to them. They, there's more implements that they can. It's more engaging there. too. Just learning a new skill sometimes. Or it's even just like, like bodybuilding to CrossFit yeah. or jujitsu to Muay Thai. Yeah. There's all these different options that you can do or hell, take all that out of it. And maybe you just want to start running a lot. 
that's fine too. What, whatever works for you. Yeah. You know, find whatever makes you happy and what brings you that little bit of excitement to go to the gym and to reach new <laughs> yeah. goals and do that. But and something that we were talking about the other day that I think, I mean, and honestly, I've never looked at it from that perspective, but I thought it was super interesting was instead of judging how much weight that you're lifting in the gym, instead of being so centered in on that, focus on the effort that you put into it during that training session. Dig into that for me. Yeah. So when we were having the discussion, we were talking about, I see a lot of lifters who are just obsessed with their one rep max. Like every thought when they're making their weight jumps, when they're just thinking about the lift in general, it just goes back to like, okay, this is the most I've ever lifted here. So, you know, I got, say your max is 315. Okay, I'm, I'm squatting like 185 right now. And then they kind of beat themselves up because they're like, oh, that's nowhere near my max. Or they go into a session and their intensity today is supposed to be RPE like seven or eight, right? That's just an intensity scale, one out of 10, how hard something is. And they're not even using the intensity scale. They're just like, oh, my RPE should be about like 250, 260. Like now they're just doing percentages or something, right? Right. They're going right back to that instead of the original yeah. thought process behind RPE, which is like you said, intensity. Yeah. And like, I think it's just a vicious feedback loop of like mental stress. Mm-hmm. A lot of times where people are like just so fixated on the number, higher accumulated fatigue because they're blowing their intensity scale out of the water all the time because they want to chase that number. And then I think a lot of times when you let that go and you just, you're just in the moment and you make logical weight jumps, like I don't even add up any of the weights most of the time until I'm done lifting. Like I just put weights on. Yeah. I mean, if it's like 45 pound plates, obviously I know the weight on there, Right. but, um, my gym and this is dorky. We have a lot of bumper plates. So we have like metal plates. We have kilo plates. We have bumper plates. We have everything because we're a weightlifting gym slash strength and conditioning. I just go by colors. Yeah. I'm like hard, <laughs> medium, easy. Yellow, and easy. How, yeah. And that, super easy. And that's how I make my weight jumps. And like over time, like it just takes a lot of the bias out of it. Yeah. Right. Like I, I'm not in that realm as much anymore anyways of like max lifting or like but we get a lot of weightlifters who will need to take a little break. Like any any sport, doesn't matter what it is, you need to take a break for a little bit. Once like you get a burned out. or something. Yeah, or your, yeah. your body's just subject to the same movement patterns over and over and over and Which over again. Which means you're not making the same amount of progress as you could be. Yeah, or just for health benefits, like moving in different planes of motion yeah. can be really beneficial. What do you mean by that, different planes of motion? So like if you're, say, your typical strength athlete, weightlifting, powerlifting, you're moving like front and back, right? Like sagittal plane yeah. all the time. There's different planes of motion, whether it's like rotational, transverse, or we got our frontal plane, like side yeah. to side. So strength athletes live in that, that one plane. Mm-hmm. And like we get people upstairs, they can't, they can squat like 500 pounds and then they can't do like a body weight lateral lunge. So yeah, just some, you need to work on. Yeah. And I mean, like, it doesn't mean you're going to be like better at your sport if you do those things, but it might mean that you're healthier longer. You might feel better mentally or just a new stimulus for your body. So we get pretty good results just exposing people to those movements that they don't usually get. They yeah. just feel better. That makes sense though. Yeah. The body becomes accustomed to things, even if it's food. Yeah. You know, like even mixing up food sometimes. We'll say if you're dieting, if you're going through like a long prep and you've been on a cut for like four months or some shit, a lot of times just taking a few days or a day or whatever and just enjoying yourself. Yeah. And eating a shit ton of food, that kind of, that kind of confuses the body. And then you 
these people end up losing 10, 15 pounds yeah. afterwards. And it's like, oh shit, I just had to mix it up a little bit. Yeah. And sometimes like people go back after a couple of months. One, they deloaded that plane of motion, right? They're not doing as much movements in the sagittal plane. And uh, that can give their, you know, take some fatigue away. And then they're moving in different planes of motion, which makes them feel better. And then they get back. Sometimes they're actually stronger when they take some time off. Yeah. Right. Imagine that. Yeah. But we get, a, like I said, the weightlifters or like the powerlifters, if I, if I work with them, they're usually like, they're just, I, they always blow the RPE because they're just so fixated on, on the number. Whether, well, that goes back to, this is a long-term thing. I, yeah. I think it's a, you know, I, you know, I used the weight loss example earlier, but it definitely applies to weight on the bar. You know, they're so determined to hit this number within two months or some shit or even a yeah. month. And it's like, Hey, like, you're going to be doing this for hopefully the next 50 years. Like just slow down and just focus on the process. Yeah. Focus on the process. And there's times to go like put on the gas. Oh, so like, sometimes you, you just want to. On, yeah. And sometimes there's your coach is going to be like, this is what we have to hit today. Yeah. And like, yeah, then we'll fixate on the number. But, or another way, if like, if you, if you go to a competition for powerlifting or weightlifting, you're not really thinking about the number at all like you have your coaches putting the weight on for you like you don't need that mental stimulus in that way yeah it's wasted right? energy for you yeah you need to be mentally preparing to execute this yeah lift. exactly you don't need that anxiety you just people perform better when they just like this is what i have to do and pick it up you know like execute <laughs> i practiced for this long like just trust my body but yeah, if they were like, okay, well, what's the next weight jump I'm going to do? Or I got to get to this number. Okay. Like it would just. It's too much. It's, They're overthinking it's too much it. Sometimes. Yeah. Something I've realized a couple months ago, actually, I was sitting there and at this point, like I just work out. It's not anything crazy. I'm like trying to add muscle, but I realized that I wasn't fixating on the mirror or the scale or anything like yeah. that. And it was just so much more enjoyable for me because I know that I'm eating right if I remember to eat, but I'm eating right. I'm getting into the gym. I'm putting effort in there. I'm recovering. I'm doing everything that I know I need to be doing. So why should I give a shit what the mirror or the scale or the weight on the bar looks like? Yeah. I'm going through the process. I know that I'm doing everything right. And whatever happens is going to happen instead of being like, fuck, I don't look as good as, yeah. I, as I want to this week or some shit like that. Like, it, it doesn't matter. Because I'm in this for the long term. And I just, I think that's a lot healthier of approach because you end up not having anxiety about all this other stupid shit, like yeah. the weight on the bar or the scale or anything like that. And I think, yeah, I, I'm sure like a lot of the athletes who are like deep in powerlifting or deep in bodybuilding, like one of the the things that comes along with those sports is is that mental stress, right? Like some some of them might have the same mental attitude that I do, but there's a lot of people who are looking in the mirror and they're like, like, especially bodybuilders or whatever, like, fuck, I'm not big enough. Or like, they can see that, that, that flaw that and like, sometimes you need that. Sometimes that's the driving force. But for a lot of people, I find that's detrimental and actually takes away from performance. Every person I know that works out has body dysmorphia. And yeah, the longer you've been doing degree. it, you know, like Does I do. Does everybody have body dysmorphia? Probably. Yeah. Like I, degree, I think right? that we don't see ourselves. Like the rest of the world does. There's been times like, like when I weigh like 260, I weigh 210 now. But yeah, yeah. when I was 260, I remember seeing pictures. I'm like, I'm so fucking small. And now when I look back, I'm like, oh, holy yeah. shit. <laughs> you know, but you don't realize it at Why, the time. Were you huge? 
I was fat and big. You You're know, fat, I, 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 did, I was juicy, but I was also fat. But at the time, yeah. I, was, I still thought bulk. I looked small. Right. Yeah. I was bulking. I called it Operation Human Refrigerator, <laughs> where I was just going yeah. to get, I was trying big. to get a 300, but that was years ago. Oh, Anyways, I went camping and I couldn't fit inside my sleeping bag anymore. Oh. Or my one person tent. I said, all right, we're done here. We're not doing this anymore. That's a good feeling and a bad feeling though. Yeah, it think. is. But I one time when you're bulking though, if you if you do like a perma bulk, which is like a forever bulk. Yeah. You just come to a realization one day, you like look in the mirror and you're like, fuck, I'm fat. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> you know? When did this happen? <laughs> yeah. But we we don't I don't think we ever realize that we might have already hit that goal that we originally had in our head. Yeah. Especially when it comes to physique wise. It's a lot different with the bar. You either hit 600 pounds or you don't. Yeah. But when it comes to like building muscle and just working on your physique, you could hit that original goal that you set out six months earlier and you wouldn't even realize it. You yeah. know, it's, it's never enough. And I mean, I have it. I don't really give a shit anymore. Like I said, like I don't very rarely do I check myself out in the mirror and be like, how's my back yeah. looking today? But yeah, yeah. everyone I know, they definitely have some sort of body dysmorphia. So I think why well, I brought that up because I get messages about it and I'm, it, pretty often i was like just don't fucking worry about it just put in the goddamn work yeah it's easy to say that too but i think like the longer you do this stuff like the wiser you are and the more mature you you become and you're just more comfortable most of us started working out in our early 20s teenage years and stuff like that yeah imagine how much more mature you are on every level possible i mean even in my early 20s and probably yeah i'd say like in my early 20s i started getting away from that like just pure aesthetic like oh i want to look a certain way yeah. like i'm pretty comfortable now like obviously I, i'd like to change some stuff but like those are all under my control so it doesn't really stress me out if, yeah. I, if i see it when i get really busy and i don't have the time to lift as frequently stresses me out because i enjoy doing it and i feel like that's something i should be keeping up with for my sanity or like profession just like my general health yeah and and I just have to ground myself and remind myself whatever situation I'm in is only temporary and like we'll refocus up yeah. when it's time to refocus up. Right. Right. Something but, I've been that I wish people realize more is the benefits of just focusing on being present during your workouts. Yeah. Like that is the one time when you can be the most present. You put away the phone, you're focusing on your body, you're focusing on the lift that you're doing. And yet most people, they're just trying to get through the lift as quickly as possible. That way they can pull out their phone and fuck around on that for, you know, five minutes in between sets or something. But that is a good time to be present. So instead of, it goes back to our conversation the other day, instead of focusing on how much weight was on the bar, all this other stuff, instead be like, was I present during my workout? Did I give it my all? You know, did I actually try or was I just kind of half there and not putting in the effort that I could have? Yeah. Because if you can leave the gym and be like, that was a good workout because... I actually tried my best. That's a lot more fulfilling to me. I mean, yeah, hitting a big number is, of course, awesome. Yeah. But that's every once in a while. Like, you shouldn't be maxing out every day. So if you really just want to enjoy the gym and this process as much as you can, then focus on that, which is why when you said the other day, I'm like, holy shit, like, that's exactly what people should be doing. Like, focus on the intensity during the workout. Make sure that you're doing that. You know, find ways to turn it on and... Ashley was talking about this. I'm glad she brought it up was like mental triggers. That could be a song. That could be certain shoes of certain piece of clothing, anything like that, that kind of like turns that on for you, that game mode, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. And those will change over time too. And there's a lot more going on with like sports psychology or, uh, I see Bryce Lewis all the time, like posting kind of like mental checklists or whatever, like That's he has cool. like positive affirmations. So like, like something he'll, he'll read before he lifts to like ground himself and remind himself of 
how successful of a lifter he is or like what his worth is like that's awesome you know I love and that. then he has i think like he's like super into sports psychology and i'll, and I'll kind of take some stuff from him if i see it but like mental checklist where you were talking about like was i present was i engaged like kind of because you can't just evaluate if you're a serious lifter or just serious about improving who you are as a human being i think there's there's other stuff that you metrics that you have to you have to, to kind of you, you track, can't just right? base it on that number yeah because yeah. lifting is is far more than just the physical aspect it's the mental aspect is huge right oh, yeah. so like are you growing mentally or are you kind of just stuck in that <laughs> like when you see yourself in the mirror what yeah do yeah. you just fall apart you know because once again there's all these other factors that could dictate that how yeah. much food did you eat the night before you know did, yeah, you, did yeah. you carb load or did you not have as many carbs you're yeah. not gonna look as big if you didn't but another thing that I've talked about before, I don't know if it's been on the podcast or not, but I think it's extremely important because it's toxic as fuck and I see people doing it, including myself in the past, is this like before you're getting ready to execute a big lift is calling yourself a bitch and just like being ridiculous with yourself, you know, calling yourself a weak piece of shit and stuff, thinking that that's going to do good. But what people don't understand is when you talk to yourself like that, it gets buried into your subconscious. Yeah. And when you're doing it every damn weightlifting session, you're going to start thinking that you're a weak little bitch yeah. instead of being like, like you're talking about with Bryce, like positive affirmations where defeating talk where I'm talking before I'm working out, I'm going to be having some really good talk with myself. It's like, I'm a yeah. bad motherfucker that is going to go <laughs> execute this lift or, yeah. you know, instead of hating yourself, why not focus on self love? Why yeah. not like boost yourself up? Why not be your biggest hero? And, uh, I've seen like Chris Duffin talk about that from Kabuki strength where like, and I guess that that might have to do with, um, like his business logo too, right? Like the Kabuki mask. Like, oh, it's the same thing for you know, sure. You got to turn it on sometimes. You got to change who you are in the moment, especially if you're about to like try something difficult. But right? you don't turn that on with negative self-talk. No, you don't. You turn it on yeah. by claiming and by knowing that you are a bad son of a bitch yeah. and you're going to get this done. And that takes some, some training too. It takes practice. Well, like I reps, think unfortunately right? a lot of people they hate themselves more than they love themselves. Yeah. And that becomes a habit. Everything becomes a habit, including your self-talk. Anything that you do repeatedly, which we talk to ourselves more than anything else, if that self-talk is not positive, then you create a habit of negative self-talk. Yeah. And then like once you have effect. that, you don't even realize it. You don't yeah. even realize it. But you should never talk to yourself. Talk to yourself like you would your best friend. You would never go up to your best friend, at least I hope not, and talk extremely <laughs> hateful to him. Instead, you yeah, should try no. to get them hyped up. Yeah, and a lot of people just need to have that. It's it's fucking hard too. Like you need to have that strategy where like you need to identify yourself when you're negative self-talking and correct it, like reframe it, right? So if I'm like, oh, like I'm a bitch, like. No, yeah, as soon as you, you say you, that, it's like, nope, I'm, yeah, I'm not gotta, a bitch. Yeah. Literally, I am not a bitch. You can say yeah. that to yourself. But you do have to do that. Yeah. And, but the issue is that people, they hear this shit in their head and they think that that's them. They, they don't question their thoughts. Yeah. But you can detach from that. You can detach from your thoughts and say, the fuck? What? what? No, See, shut up. This stuff up. interests me way more now than... Um, well, we, we weren't even aware of it in the past, man. Yeah, yeah. But like you said, that becomes that comes with maturity as well. Yeah. Some people just do it naturally too. And I think um, people lose that over time. Like, like when we go back to talking about training being normalized, like sometimes, yeah, you build habits and other times you lose them, right? Like yeah. a lot of people can get themselves amped up in the beginning where they're like grunting and like, you know, like they can turn it on. And like, yeah. I am envious because I've lost a lot of that and I'm trying to mentally get it back. But 
Some people see, do it too too you know? far though. Like I've had I yeah, had Ransom it's on. A balance. It's well, a I had Ransom on here the other or a couple weeks ago or some shit. Actually, it was months ago. So bad with time. But anyways, Ransom was on here when I first met Ransom. The very first time I met Ransom, he was at a um, push pull competition. So bench and deadlift. And I saw this dude, massive, you know, just snarling in the corner, like hitting himself in the head. Yeah, and I was yeah. like, this is sick. Like, I like this guy. I'm going to introduce myself later. But when Ransom was on the podcast, he even admitted, he's like, that's such wasted energy. He's like, instead of just yeah. like being calm and getting my shit right. Cold and calculated. Was, yeah. Instead, I was getting myself way too hyped up and it was detrimental to the lift itself. I think you have to identify like what type of lifter you are. There's yeah, a for guy, sure. Like I train people who are fucking just the mellowest people on the, I'm pretty mellow myself. You are so, a mellow dude. Yeah. So like me, like getting the smelling salts and yeah, I can't imagine you like slamming out. your head against the wall before no, uh, you yeah. deadlift. If you I would did, just feel like, silly. That wouldn't right. really do anything for that's me. That's not you. But that's the issue is that we <laughs> yeah. have, the issue now is that people base their identity off someone else's identity that they saw on social media. So if you yeah. see, Maybe. I, I don't even know anyone's names at this point. <laughs> that's in like yeah, the strength world. But when you see like a high, in, high influencer or something and they're doing something ridiculous like that, like slam their head until it bleeds or some shit. And then you try to do it but it's not you. You are not that intense of a person. Yeah. You're not aggressive. You're more calm, which is completely fine, but you can still like get amped and be calm. Oh yeah, but you have your own methods to you know, do so. They call it the, um, the flow state. The flow state. Well, when you, and that you comes know, over time. Yeah. But it also comes when you're calm. Yeah. yeah I mean, there's those, um, uh, what were we talking about before? Like the rituals that you have, like whether that's like your triggers, like your music. I used to have a ritual of like when I used to powerlift a little bit, I was never a successful powerlifter. Don't even Google me. <laughs> Don't nothing. even try it. Don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, like I would have that ritual where I'd put on like my knee sleeves or my belts or my wrist wraps. And it, it was kind of like you're getting ready, right? Like it's, it's putting like your armor. armor on, man. Yeah. Like, yeah. The, you know, the cringy stuff. Like I'm going to be on some meme page or something. That's all right. With we all do it though. With the samurai sword. I hope like they do. The, <laughs> I'm going to make the meme. I'm going, I don't even know how what to is make that, memes, What does that mean? Do That's that. like uh, when they were like messing around, I was studying the blade or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. But like just having like those rituals and knowing how to get into that flow state, especially if you're, if you're like too amped up, then maybe you got to relax a little bit and get a little bit more uh, calculated. And maybe if you're like mellow, you got to amp yourself up a little bit more to hit that flow state. But just like thinking about it and trying to strategize how you're going to get there, especially if it's an important lift or session that day. Yeah, that's a really tough one. Have a plan of attack. Yeah. That, you know, having I a mean, plan of attack helps. is extremely important, but that mental preparation begins the night before as well, or at least it does for me. So say like yeah. if, I, if I plan on like deadlifting a lot or squatting or whatever, that starts the night before when I'm in bed. I'm visualizing myself hitting that lift. Oh, yeah. When I'm in the gym, I'm visualizing myself doing it again. It's pretty much all the damn time until I yeah. get to that point where I'm actually doing it. But that helps. You know, there's been millions of studies done where they have professional athletes and every professional athlete's like, yeah, it's been like the a year in yeah. advance for this moment. But once you can visualize it happening. It becomes obs uh, an obsession. Like if you've ever experienced it, and I probably did it for about a year where it was like borderline, I mean, it was unhealthy what I was doing, but sometimes you have to like go beyond that to achieve some stuff that you want to achieve, right? Like there's, there's a balance, but it was my, my life, my ritual. So I would like get up, you know, and from the moment I woke up, I would like plan, I would, you know, make my playlist for the day when I was, I would walk to the gym. So when I was walking to the gym, I'd play the playlist. I get, mm -hmm. I'd start thinking about it. When I get to the gym, you know, I put my, my gear on, like, 
Yeah. And I was getting a little more intense, a little more intense. Like that reminded me of like Mike Tyson when, you know, that quote where he approaches the ring and he gets a little nervous Yeah, and he gets more serious, more serious, he turns more serious. It on. Yeah. Well, he's also, he's a huge person for affirmations. Yeah. His coach, I don't remember the guy's name, but he was like a hypnotist and a... I heard about that. Yeah, yeah. like he used to hypnotize Mike and stuff, but he also had Mike repeating affirmations nonstop. It's and powerful. Yeah, it's so powerful. And Mike wasn't saying, I'm a little bitch before he gets to the ring. Mike's like, I'm a fucking destroyer and I'm going to wreck yeah. this person. Yeah. Like that's the kind of stuff he used to say to himself. But yeah, that, that self-talk is, is detrimental, but also... There's certain aspects that, including myself, that I don't util- that I don't utilize enough and make important is recovery, stretching, mobility work. How important do you think that is? Yeah, I think it's really important. I mean, it depends on who you're talking about, right? Like some people probably are overtraining to the max. Like I think your typical powerlifter or whatever is like, like I said, blowing their RPEs, chasing numbers, not recovering properly, probably doing too much modality where they're like, Oh, I got to chase recovery now. So I got to like, I got to stretch. Like I think stretching is fine, but like a lot of people are like, okay, how can I catch up on recovery? So they're trying to do like extra work. Maybe they're doing like circuits with like lightweight. Uh, Maybe they're doing stretching and it's just like, all right, you just need to sleep. Sleep and eat. Sleep (laughs) and eat. Just need to sleep and eat and like. Chill for a second. Make sure you got that down and make sure you're building fatigue appropriately, right? Like I'm building Maybe I'm going light the first week, medium the second week, heavy the third week, maybe a little deload when I I can feel the fatigue yeah. start to come up and I take a light week. Some people just try to grind through it. And it depends on your type of training. Sometimes bodybuilding training, like hypertrophy, you can really go a long time without taking a deload. Yeah. But I, I mean, it just comes back to your staples, really. It's like just fucking sleep and eat. And like you can do extra stuff, but sometimes people will actually take, you only have so much energy in a pool right like right. so people like take half of it away for training or whatever and then you got mental stress from work anxiety so you take some of that and then maybe their sleep sucks because they're like oh, i gotta grind every day i gotta get like and they're drinking caffeine at nine o'clock at night and yeah. wonder why they can't go to sleep at 10 yeah so make sure you get that down first i mean i think well, we're all, always looking for that one yeah, quick solution it, it, it's not there it goes back to what you said do the shit that we've been doing forever which yeah. is sleeping and eating other Focus than that, that. It's, it's just context, right? Like, it depends heavily. Like, okay, if we got a really tight guy, maybe we'll do some stretching and foam rolling or, you know, maybe some soft tissue work if he needs it. But it's all context-related. Some people just don't need it, and they're just wasting their time yeah. going around for, like, 10, 20 minutes. Yeah, when you could just be, you know, with some light weight on the bar warming yeah, up. That's, that's another fine. thing. You can easily warm up, say, if you're getting ready for squats. Yeah. Hopefully you start off small and you work your way up and that's warming up all the muscles yeah. that you're going to be using for that lift. And if you do like like a certain warm up, just make sure you have a, a reason for doing it. Yeah. But I think recovery is kind of overhyped in the aspect of like all these modalities are coming out. Yeah. Like we, I tried the ice bath at my house last yeah, night. Yeah. Which you did great. Place. You killed it, man. Yeah, I loved it. I felt great afterwards. So like the oh, first shit, minute like, for you was was rough. Yeah. And yeah. then And then I then just, you're just gave, chilling, then dude. I just gave up. Then you're just I chilling. Just laid there and yeah, you're like, my, "Oh, this is good." Yeah, actually it didn't feel actually that cold after you uh I was surprised. For a little bit. I was actually really surprised after really? about 3 to 4 minutes. I was like, "How me. is he getting more comfortable with this shit?" This oh, I, I felt like I could have stayed there for Oh, you could have. I had to tell you to get out. Yeah. Get out my eyes. It wasn't cold though. It was like 48. No, but yeah, stuff like that. I definitely think people but what they're trying to do is find a quick 
fixed. That way they don't have to sleep as much and why they don't have to eat as much. At yeah. the end of the day, that's what it boils down to. We don't want to sleep as much. So we pound caffeine and stuff. That way we can sleep five hours a night and not eight or like, nine or whatever. I go back to that pool example. So if I, if I have a certain amount of, of energy I can use and I'm taking away this energy, taking it away, yeah. and I only have like this much left. It's not like I'm going to start doing all these recovering modalities and be like, oh, now I have this much left. Yeah. No, you already took it away. Like all that you can do is really rest and like properly refuel yourself and, and eat and get your nutrition right in order to like have your um, biological systems like Working recover properly. and build the muscle that you damaged or like let your CNS recover a little bit. Which is what the body is designed to do. Yeah, yeah. it just but takes time. It goes back to what you're saying, like a progression <laughs> and stuff like that. Yeah. Having a coach is extremely important for that. I, I'm sure some people wanted like some cool, sexy answer. I yeah. mean, there's other stuff I'll do, like like just movement in general, just getting your blood flowing. Yeah. Like, well, as far as like some... um, your workout progression, like you said, you know, you start off lighter, then you work your way up, then you have maybe a dealer or something. Yeah. That's why having a coach is so important is because a coach will structure that for you. Once again, that's something you don't have to think about. If you have a workout to follow, as soon as you get to the gym, you didn't have to stay up that night trying to figure it out or anything. You know your plan of attack going to the gym. The coach had already put his thought process into it or her yep. or whoever. You have something to follow, and that's extremely beneficial. I think it's yeah. like super important. I wish I would have had a coach way back in the day instead of following bodybuilding.com workouts. Me too. Hurting myself and all that. Although I don't know really. Yeah, I'm trying to think of what I would get coaching for. I did pursue coaching for weightlifting, which is how I met Dave and Jared at the Providence Barbell Club. Which is where you work now. Which is where I work now. I was not a good weightlifter though, so that's yeah. that's in the past. You are. I mean, I was decent. Yeah, I'm not not. You're good. good at training people. Yeah, that's why I'm a coach. People. That's why you're a coach, right? <laughs> I'll let my athletes be stronger than me. And that's awesome. What is the one thing that you would tell beginner lifters or inter even intermediate lifters? What is the one thing that they should be focusing on the most? Just um, technique, form, range of motion. So instead, don't of train like, through pain. Sub it or decrease the load. Like a lot of people, I think underestimate how much stimulus they need to adapt. I think beginner lifters can get away with going a little higher intensity as long as everything feels good and get good progress. But like over the long run, I see a lot of people just continuing to do movements like while they're in pain, like bench pressing. And they're like, oh, fuck, my elbow hurts. So let me put an elbow sleeve on here. And it's like, you're not, you're not addressing, addressing the issue. Yeah. <laughs> you're not like doing any load management or in load management is just like, Right, manipulating the load on the barbell or whatever it is for what's appropriate for your structure, right? Yeah. Like, and whether that's your muscles or could be your skeletal structure, joints, tendons, right? Those are all related. So, yeah, maybe your muscles can kind of handle it, but maybe your tendons aren't ready. And that's why you're getting some knee pain or elbow pain. Just decrease the weight and just do something that's comfortable or sub it where it doesn't hurt. Yeah, and then revisit that movement when. Yeah. That's all taken care of. You're just digging yourself into a deeper hole. Yeah, and then you get so damn deep that your whole body's broken eventually. Yeah. I mean, that's my biggest one because I think I just... Everyone wants to put a Band-Aid on it. Yeah, like, instead of Wrist wraps. Okay, it. I'm going to buy these. And like... Yeah. No, those are a tool to help you lift more. And like, yeah, if you really need to train through pain, there's certain times you have to. Like, if you're an athlete, like, it's inevitable. You're going to run into it. Mm -hmm. Like, and sometimes it's like competition time and it's... Like there's no slowing down from here. You know, for the regular person that's not getting ready for a competition, yeah, it's not necessary. If, if you're doing no. something that hurts, stop doing it. Figure out why it hurts, and focus on fixing that problem. Yeah, you know, maybe like you said with bench press or whatever, there's alternative exercises that you can do that may not trigger that 
Yeah, it's response. usually that simple. And other times it's like, it could be a movement issue. Like maybe I got to fix my form. Maybe there's a more efficient way that I can move this weight and uh, take some load off, off like, you know, deadlift prime example. Like just so it, it's an easy one to visualize. Like everyone knows yeah. what a bad deadlift looks like, right? Like it's that cat back, right? Yeah. And that's not necessarily like, uh, I'll probably get hate for this, but not necessarily a bad thing. It's bad when the tissues get overloaded or the joints or whatever it is gets overloaded where they can't handle it. There's no movement that's inherently bad, but there's definitely a better way to do a lot of movements. I like so, the way you put that. Yeah. You're a scholar. I'm a scholar. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, we're going to wrap it up there, guys. Thank you for listening to another episode of The Norse Mentality. If you are interested in coaching, you can check out norsearmy.com. Jeremy and Ashley are amazing at it. We have people all over the world that's being getting coached by them for quite some time now, almost a year. And yep. they're all seeing great results. But you can learn more about Norse Army at norsearmy.com. The Norse Mentality is a byproduct of Norse Fitness. You can learn more about Norse Fitness by visiting norsefitness.co. And you can find me on Instagram at Andrew Cliff Lewis. And Jeremy, how can they find you? Just my name, Jeremy Simbron, J-E-R-E-M-Y-C-I-M-B-R-O-N. There you go. Anyways, thanks for listening, guys. We'll talk to you soon.